crossroads for wrapping up this series one minute after you die. And listen, uh, the last couple weeks have been pretty intense. Uh, the first week we talked about life after death. We realized the scientific studies are true that one out of one person dies. You just need to remember that. And that was the most encouraging sermon you know you've ever heard, right? Like, all right, welcome, welcome to Crossroads. We're so glad you're here. Don't forget everybody dies. We'll see you next week. Uh, that's kind of a difficult notion to wrap your mind around, and yet it's a really important topic for us to consider from time to time because I have to think about what my eternal destiny is. And if you've put your trust in Jesus, you have to believe that there is life after death, that there is more to this life than just what meets the eye in the here and now. We have hope for a future. We have hope for eternity. And that's an important discussion to have. And I just want to encourage you today uh, with the hope that we have in Jesus, that the best is yet to come, and that we have uh, eternity with Jesus to look forward to. And I want to encourage you with those words today. Uh, last week, <laughs> it was just as riveting. We talked about the horrors of hell, all right? The reality that hell is a place that is real, and the devil is doing everything he can to make us think that, that hell isn't real, or that if it's real, we shouldn't take it too seriously. And yet, we realized last week, Jesus talked a lot about the reality of hell. And there's this warning that, man, this is not the place where you want to end up, eternity separated from God, uh, apart from all that is good. And we realize, man, there's a lot to learn about the reality of heaven, the reality of hell, and it's important that we lean into our eternal destiny and what Jesus has made possible for us. Because at the end of the day, we realized Jesus has done everything possible to close that impossible gap that exists between God and man because our sin, it separates us from the holiness of God. And God is holy, and because God is holy, he is also just. Sin, evil, anything that is impure, it cannot be in the presence of God. So when we are sinners, that separates us from God, but Jesus is not content with that. John 10, 10, one of my favorite verses that I reference all the time, and I don't apologize for it because it's an amazing verse. It says, the thief, the devil, comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus said, no, I've come that you might have life and have it to the fullest. And what we realized last week is that Jesus paid the price we could not pay. He has closed the gap. He's done everything to offer us this gift of eternal life. And all we have to do is accept that gift. And I hope today that you are in a place where you have said yes to Jesus. You have received that gift of eternal life. Because today what we are doing is looking forward to what eternity looks like in heaven. The glory of heaven. And that's exciting. Is anybody excited about talking about what heaven could possibly look like? The eternal destiny that God is preparing for us. I think it's important that we talk about these things because what you believe about eternity, it determines how you live today. Think about that now. What you believe about eternity, it determines how you live today. What you are focusing on with your eternal perspective, that, that makes a difference on what you are uh, spending your time on, what you are focusing on today. And that's important because if you believe in Jesus, if you've put your trust in him that he is the source of eternal life, that you have an eternal future, a destiny with him, that you have hope in Jesus then you're gonna focus the time that you have on this planet investing in things that have eternal value. Remember, we only have a small blip of time on the radar of eternity. Eternity that has gone before us in the past, eternity that extends into the future forever and ever and ever. We have this short little amount of time, about 79 years, to invest in things that impact our eternal destiny. And so we've gotta live with eternity in mind. It impacts how we live today. And so keeping all of that in mind, I just wanna encourage you to think about the glory of heaven today. 
the hope that we have in Jesus. Because here's, here's the reality. You can choose to, uh, to put your trust in Jesus, to believe in him, or you can choose not to. That is the choice that you get to make. God has given us free will, and it's great, and it's scary all at the same time, because it is a choose-your-own-adventure situation, all right? And you have to choose wisely. I mean, the guy wasn't wrong in, in Indiana Jones, Last Crusade. Choose wisely. Remember that? And Sean Connery, he's dying. You got to believe, boy. And then, I wasn't planning on doing any of that, but that just came to my mind. All right, sorry. I had an extra diet Mountain Dew this morning, and that, that's what happens. Okay, so <laughs> you got to choose wisely. And what you do with Jesus, it matters. And listen, if you believe in Jesus, that changes everything. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus is the answer to every major question that we have in life. And if you don't believe in Jesus, that's your choice to make. But know this, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is pretty much it for you. If you don't believe that God has an eternal destiny for you, that this is the one shot that you have, why not live for the moment? Why not live for the here and now? Why not give this life everything you've got, throw caution to the wind, live for yourself? Because this is all there is. When you talk about finding your identity, finding your purpose, any hope for the future, guys, if you don't believe in Jesus, this is it. And it gets pretty bleak the longer that you think about that. But if you do put your trust in Jesus, that really does change everything. You think about the question of my origin, like where do we come from? Well, you put your trust in Jesus and you realize, I have been made by Jesus. I have been made in the image of God. I am his prized possession. He breathed the breath of life into me, and that's how I began. That is my, orig my origin. When I think about my identity, I am a child of God. That matters. That has eternal significance. When I think, what is life all about? What is the purpose of life? Jesus is the ultimate answer to that question. I was created by him. I was created for him. My life exists to bring him glory. I was created to do good works that he prepared in advance for me to do. That is my purpose. When I think about what is my future, what is my eternal destiny? Well, when I believe in Jesus, I believe that he has created a place for me. And that's what we're talking about today, the glory of heaven. Think about what it says in 1 Corinthians 2.9. This is so incredibly important. It says, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Think about that for a second. In all of your wildest dreams, you could never imagine what God has prepared for you in your eternal destiny that is going to be spent with him. Think about that. I can dream up some crazy scenarios, some pretty amazing. Think about your wildest dreams. I have a confession to make. I went to Napoleon Dynamite night last night. It was hosted in Elkhart, Indiana at the Learner Theater theater. And I watched the screening of Napoleon Dynamite, cult classic. Anybody with me on that at, at all? Uh, half of the audience is like, yeah. And half of you are like, what in the world are you talking about right now? Uh, cult classic. And they were interviewing all the actors. You know, John Heater, you got Napoleon Dynamite. Uncle Rico was there who recently signed with the Dallas Cowboys, if you follow any of that at all. Uh, and there were a couple of interesting things that happened there last night that, that made me think that it was, it was relevant to share that with you today. Like, Tim, why are we talking about this? Number one, I love in the movie that when they say vote for Pedro, what his line is, vote for me and all of your wildest dreams will come true. <laughs> I'm going, that, that's a pretty good slogan. I mean, that, that'll win you some races. I, that seems like pretty good advice to just tell them, if you vote for me, all of your wildest dreams will come true. Well, I love that. I think that's amazing. But when you think about that in the context of heaven, 
No eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. We cannot even begin to fathom what God is preparing for us. In the mind of God, he is creating a place for us right now, for those who love him, that sets up eternal, uh, our eternal destiny to be with him. I mean, that's extraordinary, right? And to think about the hope that we have in Jesus, it changes everything. This becomes your eternal destiny. We have access to the hope that only Jesus can give us, and, and that helps us in the here and now, but that is something that we look forward to because it is our eternal destiny. It sets the table for the foundation of what the glory of heaven is really like. It's this hope of not only being with Jesus, but this reality that exceeds anything we could ever dream of or imagine. That's the hope that we get to put our trust in. I believe hope is faith in the future tense. It's, it's me trusting in God's promises for my life and trusting in them for my future. That's what hope is. It's faith in the future tense. I am trusting in God's promises, not only for my life for here now, but for my future as well. That is my hope. That is what I am looking forward to, that God is going to come through on his promises for my life. And keeping that in mind, I, I want to read these, these passages of Scripture with you and just set up this idea of what heaven is like and what that looks like in the mind of God. Just consider these words. This is Jesus speaking in John 14. He says to his, his followers, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. This is where Thomas pipes up. And anytime Thomas just says something, it's always just, it's not really well thought out. Any of you that person? I've been that person before. This is Thomas. Jesus is speaking an amazing moment, talking about our eternity with him. Thomas pipes up and says, well, Lord, we don't know where you are going. So how can we know the way? And I'm sure Jesus was like, ah, great question, Thomas. Because he was infinitely patient. Jesus answered, in one of the most iconic verses in, in, in the Bible, I am the way and the truth and the life. Thomas, it, it's me. I'm the way. No one comes to the Father except through me. It just, it reemphasizes that, that idea that Jesus is the answer to every major question that we are asking. Jesus is our hope. And he begins that whole idea by saying, don't let your hearts be troubled don't, don't allow yourself to be overcome by the things of this world. Because he says in other passages of Scripture, in this world you will face trouble. But he says, take heart. I have overcome the world. Put your trust in me. Your future is secure. I've got you. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. Get there through me. That's what Jesus is saying. He's, he's saying, focus on me. I think in addition to that, when you, when you talk about the picture of heaven, I love what it says in Revelation 21. Can you just allow yourself to imagine this and, and what this is like. This is the, the prophecy and the vision that John saw that is expressed in the book of Revelation. John writes, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, 
and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Those who are victorious will inherit all of this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. What an extraordinary picture of us being with the presence of God in heaven. Can you just turn and look at the person beside you, wherever you're joining us at today, turn and look at the person beside you and say, hey, I want to see you in heaven. Can you just do that right now? Look, look at the person next to you. Hey, I want to see you in heaven. Yeah. I want to see you in heaven. Yeah. Some of you enjoyed that way too much. I don't know what to think about that. So let's talk about this for a second. Three, three misconceptions about heaven that I think we need to address, all right? Uh, because they're out there. I, you hear people like, well, I hear you, but I'm just going to go to hell because that's where all my friends are going to be and it's just going to be a party. So. <laughs> I mean, again, you have a choice to make. Don't, please don't make that choice. Uh, three misconceptions about heaven. Let's talk about number one. The first misconception, that heaven will be boring, all right? Did anyone ever go through that, that thought process? I, I did. When I was growing up, like going through the teen years, we'd hear about heaven. And it's like all these great, magnificent beings, when they are in the presence of God, they, they, they bow down face down. And for all of eternity, they say, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. And as an adult, I look at that and I go, man, that's incredible. I mean, what must that be like for that to be the response? But as a teenager, I just remember going, that's what I'm going to do forever in heaven? <laughs> oh, no. This sounds terrible. It's like an eternal church service. The sermon never ends. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Like I'm wearing a, like a, a robe. <laughs> right? Like just kind of waiting in line. Hey, mm, holy, holy. I, there's this misconception, right? Like that somehow heaven is going to be boring. And, and I think that that's another ploy and trick of the devil, right? Like he tries us to not take hell seriously, that it's not that big of a deal or it's not even real. I think this is another trick of the devil to try to convince us, well, heaven, that's eh, boring anyway. Why would you want to spend eternity there? <laughs> no, no, heaven is going to be amazing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind can conceive what God has prepared for those who love him. There are a few things I think are worth talking about uh, that we see in scripture that paint a picture of what heaven is going to be like. Uh, number one, we will know one another, we will love and we will be loved. I mean, you are experiencing the expression of perfect love in heaven. Just consider that reality and what that means. You will know people. Like when you see someone, you will recognize them and there will be a connection. Like I can see someone from the Bible times and, and talk with them and connect with them and ask them questions. Like I, you can see Elijah and be like, Elijah, what was that like to call down fire from heaven? What an incredible moment. Or one of the more obscure passages of the Bible, like Elisha. Elisha, what was it like to call out bears from the woods to maul the kids who were making fun of you because you were bald? True story. <laughs> You're like, I don't, I don't know that Bible story. Yeah, read your Bible. 
<laughs> it's in there. So we have all these questions, right? Like, I will know everyone there. I, I will love and I will be loved. It's, it's an incredible environment with people who are all unified by the love, the perfect love of Jesus. I mean, it's an amazing environment. That, that's just the first step. Now, heaven will also be a place of unimaginable beauty. Think about this for a second. There, there are colors that we don't even realize exist, that we can't even see yet, that will exist in heaven. There are sensations that we have no idea exist that we will experience in heaven. The, the food, the vegetables taste like ice cream. That's what I imagine. And it's better than what I can imagine, right? When you eat broccoli, that's what gives you love handles in heaven. When you eat ice cream, that's what gives you a six-pack in heaven. That's what I picture heaven. And it's going to be better than that. I... Think about that. Heaven will be a place of unimaginable beauty, engaging all of your senses in a completely new way. You can't even imagine how extraordinary this place is that God is preparing for you and for me. Something that is incredible is that in heaven you will see Jesus face to face. What an incredible encounter that will be. Can you just stop to consider the power of that moment? I will see Jesus face to face. I will be able to experience the glory of the presence of God. And all throughout scripture, recognize, this is important now, that was never allowed. Uh, the presence of God, it, it shows up and speaks to Moses in the Old Testament. And he's on the mountain and the glory of God begins to pass by Moses. And, and God says to him, Moses, do not look at me because if you see my face, you will surely die. You cannot handle in your current state here on planet earth, even seeing the face of God. It, it will create certain and, and imminent death. And, and it's something that cannot be fathomed. The, the presence of God is so holy that in the Old Testament, uh, when the tabernacle was a thing and the priest would have to go into the, the Holy of Holies and prepare this sacrifice once a year at the altar of, of, of the presence of God, it was such an extraordinary moment that the priest had to make sure that everything in his life was completely pure. There's not a single thing in his heart that is, that is wrong. There's nothing impure so that when he walks into the presence of God, that he can be found holy and present the sacrifice sacrifice holy to God. If he was at fault in any way, the presence of God would overwhelm him. He would fall over dead. This is real life. Again, you're like, I never heard that. Read your Bible. So, no, no too much. Yeah, okay. So, so they would go in the Holy of Holies. This was such a thing. This is real life that they would tie a rope around the ankle of the high priest. That's real. So that in, just in case he walks in, like on the last second, he's like, oh man, he says something, you know, he shouldn't, and all of a sudden, boom, falls over dead, because he's in the presence of God, and that shouldn't have happened. So they're like, oh, oh, doesn't look like Reuben made it, and they pull him out with a rope that's tied around his ankle. That was real life. That's how they dealt with that. You don't mess with the presence 
of God, of the holy God. You cannot encounter the face, the presence of Jesus, and live to tell about it. There's another story in the Old Testament. They're moving the Ark of the Covenant. You could not touch the Ark of the Covenant. That was where the dwelling of the presence of God was. If you touched the Ark of the Covenant, you died. I mean, this is serious. It says that they were transporting the Ark of the Covenant, and it looked like the the oxen were stumbling, the people were losing their balance, and they looked like they were going to lose control of the Ark of the Covenant. And it says some guy was worried about it and reached to stabilize it, drops over dead. Like, what is happening right now. People are dropping like flies. We cannot handle the presence of the holy God. We, we can't do it. We can't fathom it. We can't take it. And yet in heaven, man, we see Jesus face to face. We experience the fullness of the holiness and the power and the splendor of the living creator God. What an incredible existence and what an incredible reality that is. It changes everything. Here's another one. Some of you are really going to like this one. In heaven, you will have new and perfect bodies. What? What? Read that again. You will have new and perfect bodies. What? (laughs) Some of you, like, all of you that are like in your 20s, you're like, whatever. (laughs) And I remember those days. I remember that. I remember distinctly like playing like basketball leagues in my 20s. You get up, go play basketball, have the time of your life, wake up the next day ready to do it again. I distinctly remember getting into my 40s and doing the same thing and running down the court on a fast break, having this inner monologue, okay, I know I want to cut left and then fake him right and go for the layup, but if I do that, I might not be able to walk tomorrow and I might tear something in the process. So let's just give this about 75% effort and see what happens. Does <laughs> anybody relate to that at all? Okay, more, yeah. So... Already, like this week I turned 45. Like, well, me and Tom Brady, we have a lot in common. So, <laughs> so this idea, like, it starts to get more and more traction. Like the older you get, right, the body starts to break down. You got aches and pains and, you know, that's real. I mean, as we go through life, it comes a little bit more difficult from time to time. And, and we, we carry the aches and the burdens of life and what an amazing reality. You know, you will have new and perfect bodies. We will be made whole. All of the people that you love when you see them in heaven will be like the prime version of themselves. It's like, hey, who are you? I'm your grandfather. You have hair. Like, it's like, <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, <laughs> what an amazing picture that is. Like, it is a perfect situation. You, everything is made new. Heaven is the absence of everything bad, everything painful, and everything evil. Consider the ramifications of that. It's the presence of everything good, holy, and glorious. Just consider the reality of that kind of existence and that being your eternal destination, the glory of heaven. Heaven's going to be boring? Not a chance. This is going to be the most incredible experience you could ever imagine. You're going to be in the presence of God. Whatever you can imagine, heaven is better. I'll say this again. No more death. No more pain. No more sorrow. No more sickness. No more fear. No more stress. No more anxiety. Nor, no more betrayal. No abuse. No heartache. No disease. No injustice. There's not even bad breath in heaven. It's an amazing place. Guys, this, this is where it's at. This is the place that God is creating for you and for me, the glory of heaven.
So what's the second misconception? Well, I think we fall into the trap of thinking that this world is our home, right? We're focusing right here on the here and now, this 79 years of existence that we've been given, and we forget that everything really is about my eternal destiny. And I've got to keep in mind that this world is not my home. I am truly just passing through. I love what it says in Philippians 3, 19 and 20. Uh, Paul speaks to this concept. He says, their mind is set on earthly things, but our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. That, that's what I'm focusing on. I'm focusing on the hope that I have in Jesus. I am focusing on my eternal destiny. This world is not my home. This is temporary. I'm looking forward with great hope and anticipation to the eternal destiny that God is creating for me. It goes on to say in 2 Corinthians 4, For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. Man, we cannot lose sight of that. We cannot allow ourselves to get so focused on the temporary, the here and now, that we forget that we miss out on this, this glory and this hope of heaven. Man, I, I love the old hymn uh, that we used to sing when I was growing up, uh, Turn Your Eyes on Jesus. Anybody ever still familiar with this? Uh, I will take a huge risk, and I will just sing the chorus of this for you right here. Uh, this is such an impactful song. The words go like this. Uh, Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face. And the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Man, I love that. And listen, thank you for singing along. I, I, that, was, that was amazing. I, I don't know how that... I don't know how that worked everywhere else. Like St. Pete is like, why is Tim singing? Leave that to the other people. This is great. <laughs> uh, but man, I, I always get a little bit of, uh, what would be the right word, like chills or goosebumps, you know, thinking about that, that reality. Man, the things of earth grow strangely dim when compared to the light of his glory and his grace, that eternal destiny, the glory of heaven. Everything on earth, just the appeal, it, it diminishes just that much when compared to the glory of heaven. I want to encourage you to not fall into that trap. This world is not your home. We're just passing through. Make sure you're investing the time on earth that God has given you in eternity and the, and the destiny that he has planned for you with him in heaven. Uh, the third thing I want to talk about is this. There's this misconception that most people are going to heaven anyway. And we, we've got to really, we've got to hone in on this idea. Because it's really important that we don't just assume everybody's good, that everybody's got this. We've got to remember that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. He has offered us everything we need. He's offered us this unbelievable gift that we couldn't purchase, that, that we don't deserve, that only he can give us. But there's still the truth that most people, they reject this hope. They reject this gift that Jesus gives us. And it says in Romans 3.23, for everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God in his grace, freely makes us right in his sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when he freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed his life, shedding his blood. I mean, we cannot forget the price that has been paid 
so that we can experience the glory of heaven. We talked about this a little bit last week. There, 72% of people in our culture, they, they believe in heaven. They believe that heaven is a place where good people go when this life is over. Very few people believe that Jesus is the way to get to heaven, about 40%. And less than 1% think that they are personally going to end up in hell. But you guys, our eternal destiny, it matters. And I think that's why it goes back to the very beginning here. What you believe about eternity, it determines how you live today. And what you believe about eternity, it matters. Because if you've put your trust, if you put your hope in Jesus, I want you to know today that one of the main reasons we do a series like this is that I want you to know today that if you have put your trust in Jesus, if you have said yes to Jesus, and you are committed to, to becoming more like him, saying yes to him every single day, I want you to know that you don't have to live in fear. You don't have to wonder, what is my eternal destiny? I want you to know that your hope is sure. When you put your trust in Jesus, your eternal destiny is the glory of heaven. And I want you to be excited about that. Get, get, get excited about that. that. That's the hope that we have in Jesus. That's what we get. That's the benefit of putting our trust in him. So I want to relieve any fear that you have or uncertainty, because I want you to know today, he is the God of hope. He is the God who fills us with peace and joy in any circumstance because he is with us. And if you've said yes to Jesus, if you continue to say yes to him, man, you're exactly where he wants you to be. He has paid the price that you cannot pay. It is by his grace that you are saved. It's not anything that we do. It's his gift so that we don't boast about it. It's the amazing gift that God has given us. So I want to encourage you with these words. I want to relieve any fear that you have or uncertainty or doubt. If you have put your trust in Jesus, then that is the eternal destiny that awaits you, the glory of heaven. But another reason we take time to talk about this and take three weeks in our, in our year to talk about this topic is because, man, I want you to know, for, you know with certainty that, man, I've put my trust in Jesus, my eternal destiny is heaven, but I also want you to leave with a sense of urgency. Because you guys were surrounded by people who are desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus. You have people in your life, in your circle of influence, who are desperate for an invitation to a changed life. And you guys, that's what we're all about. Here at Crossroads, that is our focus right now. We are all in. We are doing everything that we can to create as many opportunities as possible so we can invite thousands of people to a changed life. Our goal of baptizing 1,000 people by the year 2025, that's not just, you know, so we can celebrate a number and be like, oh, we hit 1,000. No, that's because we believe that 1,000 people could have their eternal destinies changed because they said yes to Jesus. And we get to be a part of that. We get to be a part of that. And so I want you to leave today with a sense of urgency, thinking about, I mean, really, who in my life is desperate for an invitation to a changed life? Because if you have encountered Jesus, if you have experienced his hope in your life, know this, that changes everything. Can I, can I wrap up with this final verse from 1 Corinthians? Paul writes this, Where, O death, is your victory? Where, O death, is your sting? The, the power of death has lost its grip on me because I have the hope of an eternal destiny with Jesus. He has prepared a place for me that is beyond my imagination and he's preparing that place for me right now. I've put my trust in him. So death, you've lost all of your power on my life. 
Paul writes, but thanks be to God, he gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. You know that when you are focused on eternity, that matters. That is not wasted. That is not lost. And we are surrounded by people who are desperate for this hope that we have in Jesus. And so I just want to leave today with this idea in your mind, thinking about life after death, the reality of hell, the glory of heaven, the hope that we have in Jesus, the hope that changes everything. I hope that you'll take time to just give thanks to Jesus for the gift that he has given you, to praise him because he is worthy. There's no one like him. But I hope today that you'll leave with a sense of urgency, highlighting, identifying in your life who is that person that needs an invitation to a changed life. Not only identifying that, but acting with a sense of urgency, being ready to invite them to join you at Crossroads, to be willing to share your story of how Jesus has changed your life. Your story has power. It's the second greatest story ever told. The greatest story is the love of Jesus that that God has for us that he sent Jesus to pay the price we couldn't pay. It's the greatest story ever told. And I believe the second greatest story ever told is how you encountered Jesus, how he changed your life. That story has power because that is your experience. That is how Jesus changed you and no one can take that away from you. Share that story. It has power. You can make an eternal difference in the lives of the people surrounding you. Who needs an invitation to a changed life? Listen, I don't want to take for granted today that there's someone who's joining us right now that needs an opportunity, that needs an invitation to say yes to Jesus. So can we close today by just giving everyone here a chance to say yes, to make sure that your eternal destination is sure? Say yes to Jesus. Receive the gift that he has given you. And together, let's look forward with great anticipation to this future, the glory of heaven that God is preparing for us. Would you stand with me? And together, can we pray this prayer? Jesus, I need you. I believe you are the savior of the world, that you gave your life to forgive my sins, and that God raised you from the grave so that I could have eternal life. Thank you for loving me. I am saying yes to you, Jesus. Come into my life. I will follow you. Amen. And can we give him the praise and glory today? That's the God who loves us like no other. That's the God who's preparing a place for us to be with him forever and ever. Uh, Listen, if you said yes today for the first time, I want to invite you when this service is over, please come forward. Stu is standing right here. Michelle is standing right there. Either one of them would love to talk to you about this decision that you have made to follow Jesus. We want to give you a present, a, a brand new Bible, help you take the next steps in your journey with Jesus and welcome you to the family because you've said yes to Jesus and that changes everything. And we want to celebrate that with you. I want to encourage you today before we close, be thinking about it. Who in your life is desperate for an invitation to a changed life, desperate for the hope that we have in Jesus? Don't take what God has done for you for granted. Be willing to let your light shine. Be willing to let your life point other people toward him. Let's pray together. God, you are so incredibly good. The love that you have for us is so extravagant. And we just pause to say thank you for just giving everything so we could have this unbelievable future, this hope of an eternal destiny with you. You have made that possible. And we just give you the thanks and we give you the praise today, God, because you are worthy. And God, I just pray that you would help us to leave here, not only with a renewed sense of gratitude for who you are and what you've done for us, but with a renewed sense of urgency so we can be ready to invite the people in our lives who are desperate for hope, 
so we can invite them to a changed life in you. And so God, we thank you. We give you praise. And we ask you to just give us the courage and the opportunities to point people toward you. We love you and we praise you. And we pray this in your name. Amen.